Welcome to the Laying Foundations podcast. I'm your co-host, Walker Lott, doing something different today, but I'm with my co-host, Davis Hambrick, and our special guest of the day. So we decided to switch things up. Uh, I know we've done a lot of guests on the podcast so far, but today we are going to be interviewing, or I will be interviewing Davis, uh, just to learn a little bit about him. I want everyone who's listening to get to know him a little bit, and I'm sure one day will do me as well. But for right now, the focus is on Davis and getting to learn a little bit about his life, his role right now as a superintendent down there in New Orleans. And so he's shaking his head right now saying no, but uh, I'm excited to dive in. So to begin, like every other podcast, Davis, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show that you're on every week. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Pleasure to be here, Walker. And, you know, this is a little bit different and it's weird, honestly, to do this, but I'm ready for it. And you know, you said we still have to interview you. I already have that bonus content ready. We'll just, whenever you want to release it, let's do it, man. <laughs> nah. Well, Davis, first of all, where are you from? Uh, what got you into construction? I know we mentioned that a lot in the podcast oh. already. Mm. And then tell us a little bit about your role right now. Yeah, man. Um, so I can make this a very long one, but I know I don't want to bore everybody. You know, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I uh, grew up, went to the Oak Mountain High School, Oak Mountain School System. And then I got into Auburn thinking, wow, I'm going to be a civil engineer and I'm going to go into construction and I'm just going to kill it. Thought I was going to be in like the nuclear side of construction, Alabama power, very like their nuclear plants um, fascinate me. And they still to this day, Uh, one of the things I thought was pretty cool was I don't know what they're called, but it's the, the, the big nuclear concrete structure. Yes. That's like, how high can we build a wall of concrete? and make it in a round shape and i was just fascinated by it but to make a long story short i did not get past the first year of civil engineering i didn't realize there was a math two maths basically every semester and i was just man i couldn't keep up so fast forward you know i actually even transferred into liberal arts or actually back up transferred from civil engineering to business to business really? to liberal art liberal arts to finally got into building science and um you know, finally learned, I think, a little bit about how I need to study, how I'm going to have to work my butt off to get anywhere. Um, And it's not going to be like high school where you can just show up and make an A. I mean, high school is super simple. But, you know, getting into construction, why I really got into it was during that time, you know, I was trying to find myself. You know, we talk about this a lot. You know, everybody's trying to fill that void. And I was filling that void. And Ultimately, that void wasn't filled, you know, with, with Christ, what, what we believe. Um, but I finally, you know, it's, it's crazy how you start um, giving your life to Christ and things start to go well, and it just seems to start to click. Um, but, you know, backing up, why I got into construction was in high school. I went on a lot of mission trips, went to Atlanta, went to Baltimore, went to Chicago, um, was in the inner city parts that, you know, most people would probably think were pretty dangerous, and they probably were. We, for, we went to Chicago in year end. Um, people overnight put our van on blocks and stole the tires. What? Yeah. And so that was an interesting day waking up the next, the next morning. But anyway, we go and we get to go serve these people, which I, um, that that's what I'm about. I'm about serving other people, servant leadership. You know, I've talked about that, you know, numerous times on the podcast, but 
serving others is what got me into construction. So I'm going and, you know, demoing this old lady's house that can't do anything. You can barely see, but we're going to go put a new garage in for, her. we're going to put an installation up and you slowly start to see these people that you're working with while you're performing these tasks are people you start to bond with. You're with them the entire day, you eat lunch with them. Um, you're sweating and you're working out. It's like playing football again. It's like just getting after it and having like a band of brothers and gals that were on the mission trip. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really started it. Um, and I try to transfer that over into where I'm at now at Brassfield and Gory. Um, super excited about working for Brassfield and Gory. I've worked so hard to get my, just my GPA up so I can get my foot in the door with them. And then um, the interview process and internship and, I can't say enough about the Gorys, um, just how the culture of a company, of who you want to work for. I can't think of a better company to go work for and a culture that I'm so excited about. Um, the culture is just, you know, they say it doesn't matter who you meet at Brassman Gory. They're always going to just give you everything they can. And I haven't met one person yeah. at, at, at the company that doesn't just want to just help you whatever way they can. Um, I'm sure you know, there's going to be somebody, but I mean, every single person I've met, you know, they've just been willing and over the top wanting to help David Sandberg. They just want to, how can I help you? And that's really, I think a lot about where I'm at now is, okay, all these people are pouring into me. Now I want to serve them. I want to serve the project. I want to serve the guys actually performing the work. So yeah. to make it a long story short, the role I'm, the role I'm at right now, I'm actually an AFM, which is an assistant field manager. And basically, have a college degree and I'm the, the last guy on the totem pole and I got a lot to learn and I got 30 years before I can even really, you know, be anywhere in construction. So one step above an intern pretty much. There right? you go. Yeah, literally, literally <laughs> well, a little bit higher. Man, yeah. I didn't know that you went to business and then liberal arts before you went yeah. to building science. I thought you switched right there. What, what made you do that? Well, you know, the guidance of the, of the engineering uh, counselor was talking to me and said, you know, I think in business, you don't have to. So the big thing was the I was I've paid for my school through student loans, but also while I was going to school, I was paying for, for yeah. my living. And um, the fees uh, uh, that throw on top of engineering is more than building science. So really? it was like getting out of civil engineering because I knew I wasn't going to make it. And so then I'm in business and they have it. So then I crap. I got to get a little bit of arts. So they don't have anything. And so then at that point, I got to get my GPA up just to get into pre-building science. So if that tells you how bad I did that first year in civil engineering, you know, there you go. Sounds like my first year. Yeah. It's what, uh, what, what liberal arts degree were you trying to get? I don't, or what? <laughs> you know, it's actually I, just, I can't picture you in liberal uh -huh. arts. I don't really. <laughs> what, were, what were you thinking in there? It, it was an English degree. And it's oh, fascinating okay. because. You know, now I'm this like book fiend like you that just loves, loves, yeah. loves to read, loves to listen to podcasts, loves to just learn. And I'm actually starting to pick up wanting to write, you know, journaling every day in the morning. It's like, hmm, maybe there was something to that that I should have, you know, picked up on, but I didn't, of course. I mean, this journey it also speaks with a lot that we hear on from many people on the podcast, just that your first thing that you choose job wise, school wise, Whatever wise, it's probably not going to be the thing that you end up in. And you are a prime example. You, know, you go yeah. into college thinking that I want to go into civil engineering, and then all of a sudden, two majors later, you know, you're 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 
what third transfer now you end up in building science so this is where you're this is where you are you know and that's yeah. what happens with so many yeah. people in college is they think that they want to go and do something and then they end up realizing hey i don't really like that as much so let me try this and which is fine that's what college is like you know and, and speaking for people who maybe didn't go to college or who are in the new job field or in the you know new world of actually having a job and and having a career that's the same thing applies to there it's like you're right. you really are not bound to the first job that's that right. you are in you know right. and, and so it's what i think a lot of people get afraid of is jumping into that world and just being like oh man i have to stay in this company for the rest of my life and i know right. i don't have much experience in that but you know you're, you're kind of in that position right now we talked to many of people who have felt that way even will you know coming up he's like hey, i've wanted to do this the whole time but now i'm kind of jumping back into the world of working for this other company that I never thought was going to be a possibility. And there he is, you know, from our last podcast. And I also think it's really cool for you to talk about Brassfield that way. Cause you don't hear a lot of people that talk about the company they're working for in that light. Uh, and mm. so that's a really cool thing to see. So besides the people being willing to learn, what's been your biggest learning curve of being a, a new employee of this massive company and on the field side? Mm, that's a good question. Um, if I can, I'll backtrack really quick because I thought you made two great points and I'll try, I'll answer your question. Yeah, do um, it. So the thing about, you mentioned about, you know, your track, I really wanted to, to sit there because that was, I was Walker, I'm telling you this close buddy to going into trades this close. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about wanting to go serve those guys. Cause I know the crap to go through and I know oh, yeah. the, con the conditions are a lot better than it used to be, but we can still do better. And they're just thrown to the wolves a lot. So um, I was this close to, you know, going to be a tradesman, which is no, nothing wrong with that at all. No, you know, so close. Fantastic and, profession. Right. And, you know, I'm on Dave Ramsey's plan now of getting student loans just knocked out because, you know, I, I yeah. had student loans uh, through college. And if you do that and go do a trade, you don't take on student loan debt. You go and you go learn a, a trade and you're making fifty or sixty thousand dollars while you're learning, while you're there wanting to teach you. And guys, we need bus fulls of people that just wanna go learn something and are willing to, you know, be a an inter, intern type person that just goes and gets after it and learns because one of the things that I started to realize was in college, I was always, I think I've talked about this, was always trying to find a quick buck, always trying to, how am I going to get off the student loan? Mm -hmm. And then I finally realized the only way I'm ever going to do anything is it's going to be a lot of hard work. People think that there's this like, I'm going to win the lotto and have all this money one day. But really how you do that is having daily consistency, yeah. uh, a work ethic. That's just, you're going to work yourself out of a job. Um, and so I saw that, and I, I had people support me, obviously, through college. I've had an amazing aunt, have an amazing mom, have an amazing family that just encouraged me all the time. When I thought I was going to quit, they just kept pushing me. So it wasn't just me. But having a little bit of grit, whether you're going to go to college or go to that trades route, just keep trying, keep pursuing. That's my encouragement to people is there's so many things in life to, to give up on or we don't want to do, but if you can – be willing to take those steps to do the right thing and to continue to push in those hard times. I promise there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get through it. And hopefully there's going to be people around you to encourage. So back to the Brassville and Gory, um, what's the, what was it? What's the biggest, biggest learning curve you've had to you know, kind of go through just being new to the field and, and mm. that experience instead of being in school, I guess. Mm. Biggest learning curve to being in the field. Well, 
I think I – I don't know many of the guys. There's a few in my class that graduated Auburn, but most of the guys with building science degrees want to be estimator, project manager, or uh, VDC, and they don't want to go to the field. So my biggest thing is I got to go learn how to build the dang thing. You know, I, I, yeah. I know a lot about technology. I know a lot about I can add value to these superintendents, which is great. I, I add value by – technology and my people skills and working with them and having grit but i don't know crap about building stuff i really don't and i'm completely okay and just being humble and say guys i don't know about how to build make me an expert like you let me learn from you teach me whatever you can i'm going to come ask questions every day to the point where you're just going to hate me because i'm going to be bothering you so much and i don't understand what's going on and i'm going to need you to talk to me like i'm a kindergartner but we're going to get there as long as you just keep being willing to, to to teach me and so the biggest learning curve for me right now is you know trying to learn how to build it and you you pick up on it you know i'm now in may obviously i have a lifetime of learning about construction you know i love this field but the other side of that is i can't tell you enough how important it is for the team to buy in i'm listening to a guy right now his name is jason schroeder and his podcast is Elevate Construction, and he's all about the lean um, principles and how to better cut out waste. That's the big thing about lean. You cut out waste, and right. you're going to be able to perform better. But he's also huge on the respect side of if you respect your crafts and your tr your tradesmen and you cut out the waste and lean side, you will have projects that finish, you know, six to five to eight months ahead and people are just about how did you do that well it's because we respected these tradesmen we are telling them um xyz we're not holding the information we're cutting down on waste but you know that's what i'm very passionate about in this next phase of me trying to grow and be become a superintendent is you know not every superintendent on every single job site for any trade or brass and glory knows everything so i'm going to try to do the best at is it disseminating the information yeah, of trying to so. learn, right? Who's, who's right. Who's wrong. How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, and I'm going to, you know, just enjoy the journey because you're, that's what you're teaching me right now. Now that's pretty funny. You bring that up, especially about the link construction. Cause so for those of you who don't know, I had my last first day of the classes today for go. my college career. So mm -hmm. whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> so one of my classes is, Actually, lean construction, uh, believe it or not. And one of the things that a professor was talking about today is is exactly what you just said. You know, he said one of the things about lean construction is cutting out waste and and doing something better on the project. We talked about a, a project that was a 36-month-long project that they cut down to 27 months, you know, just from yeah. lean construction principles. And, the, yes. and I don't know enough about lean construction. I don't know anything, anything. I know the name of lean construction. That's right. all I know. But, you know, the whole right. point of it is, I think, very applicable to many areas of life is just cutting out that waste. So I'm That's excited right. to learn more about that and be able to speak on that later, up, you know, coming in, in next episodes. And but one thing I wanted to, to revisit, if you might say, is you talking about, you know, just having this this lifetime of knowledge, but having a huge learning curve of learning the construction industry. And I think it's pretty interesting uh, especially about construction, but people in general, is that they are very willing. I would say 90, 95% of people are very willing to talk to you about something they know very well. Mm -hmm. You know, people, love, first of all, people love to talk about themselves. Second of all, they love to talk about what they know. 
you know? And so when you're asking that about both, it's huge. If, if I don't know if you know, Tim Ferriss, uh, he's, yeah. he's a really good author, author. And so in one of his books, I think it was the four hour work week. I'm not quite sure. Um, I believe it was, but he talked about, uh, pretty much just persistence, you know, persistence is key. And he was, he's talked about, I think he went to Princeton and he was saying that when he was in college, if he got a grade uh, that was below an A on anything, a paper, a test, or whatever, he would go to the professor with two to three hours worth of questions that Holy he could cow. think of in order to annoy the professor so much that they would think twice about giving him lower than an A the next time he took the test. <laughs> you, know, you talked that's about annoying people on the job side. I mean, that's, that's what I think about. It's just asking mm-hmm. people so many questions. That for one they want to talk about, but asking him so much that man is like, come on, man, like you gotta calm down a right. little bit. And I think that's the goal, honestly. Like, you should right. never be afraid to ask questions. Right. And, and right. as many of the guests we've saw or spoken with over these, how many? I don't know what 17, 18 podcasts that we've mm-hmm. had now, which 17. is crazy. Yeah. Uh, all the guests we spoke to, that is one common theme. It's just don't be afraid to admit you don't know something. You know, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Right. So for you being in, being a new guy, how receptive have you found a lot of the trades guys and superintendents to be to you come in just admitting, hey, I don't know any of this, but teach me. I mean, are they pretty open to that? Yeah, I think mean, there's, there's two sides to it. Um, what I'm going to reiterate is listen, learn, and lead with questions. Right. Um, you know, that's just like a lifetime. Always good. Right. That's right. And don't ever be afraid to, to ask the question even when you don't get the response you don't want or the, the attitude back that you were expecting. Uh, I had a talk with today with one of my coworkers and uh, he's in the, the QC side of, of our uh, federal division. And I was telling him, you know, not just, it's not our superintendents, it's every superintendent on every trade. Mm-hmm. Superintendents can be snowflakes. Sometimes they can get their pride hurt so easily. And that's not just talking about, I mean, me, I get my pride hurt easily whenever it's something that I'm owning and it's my responsibility and someone already made a decision out me. It's natural to go, what the crap? I want to be involved in that. Why am I not involved? So that's what I mean by that. I don't mean that mean anything personally by that, but yeah, you know, asking questions. Yes. The guys are receptive. I have not met one single person until he say, nope, don't ask me any questions. That That's stupid. Why are you asking me that? We're at a point in construction where guys will literally, like if they could, the, the head foreman or superintendent, they would literally give you their brain because they are like just strung out of like, yeah. man, I, I don't know what else to do. I need more help. I need more guys. I can't, I can't, I can't train you fast enough, Davis, to get to where I need you to be tomorrow. And so the construction industry right now, or hurting for people, and I think there's reasons behind that. But guys, if you're willing to have grit and willing to show up and willing to just give it your all every day, and find someone that find that superintendent, or maybe it's a PM, or maybe it's an estimator, find that guy that's willing to let you ask those questions. You're going to do really well in this industry. Um, and so the second part of that is kind of back to I don't I want to re, kind of hammer this point home. Hammer this point home is. Don't be afraid to ask the questions even when you don't get the right answer. Uh, I'm going to say that because I'm the young guy, and I'm going to go back to John Maxwell again. I know I've talked about this before, but it talks about the leadership gap and how every time you you advance up in a position, it's really on the leader, whoever that position is above you, to fill that gap because the person below you is not going to know how to do it. So I've seen oftentimes with superintendents, the, at least the older ones, they don't understand that philosophy because the way that they grew up was 
just get it done. Yeah. Get it done. Bullish. Go all out. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I don't care what's going on. Get the crap done and let's get on schedule. Now it's a lot different. Superintendents know, you know, you have to be a very good people skill and have different, you know, be able to address the certain personalities in the room. They know that, okay, if I talk to this foreman, you know, kindly and softly, maybe on the side, he responds well. But I go, I'm going to have to chew this one guy out in front of everybody to get his attention. And you have to know that. You have to know how to push that button and to when to turn it off. And I think yeah. I think about that as a, it's like a two different dials. You have to know when the guy, okay, pushing him, I'm going to lay off this guy. I'm going to push on him. And you have to know as a superintendent the personalities of your team. And I honestly think if – in today's world with construction, we have to get our technical skills up. I realize that. But I'm having, I don't want to say success, but I'm having very good, okay, success with my relationships on the job site with my subs because I will go ask them questions and I will learn their personality. And I'm yeah. going to go talk to that guy and that guy and that guy differently because I realize this guy reacts this way. No, that's really good. And it's funny you say that because – Going down, you know, I come from a, a sports background, especially a, a football background, and going off of the team thing, you know, every good coach I've ever had learns the personalities of their players, and and they do exactly what you're talking about. They learn what buttons to push on which players. You know, they know that some players you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get on their tail, right. and you're gonna have to chew them out, or you're gonna have right. to push them, and you're gonna have to do something. And some of them, all you have to do is just say, "Hey, you did this wrong." you need to do it like this or you need to do it better next time. That's all it might take for some players. Whereas other ones might take, you know, a dog cussing at them in in order to get there in order to get them moving in the right direction. You know, but it just comes down to, do you know your team? It's with every industry, every company. I think it's funny that you brought that up, especially for construction, because you never think about that. You know, you think of most construction guys being rough and tough, hard, hard guys that, yeah. you know, that have this pers- persona about them that everyone thinks so, but that's, that's not. not the case. It's like everyone's right. different. We're not. We're right. not. Yeah. Even the guys that do that, I've started to realize that even the guys that act all big and tough, if you go talk to them alone, they're the biggest softies in the world. Oh, like, yeah. There, there's a few guys on those jobs I can think of. I was like, I'm not messing with him ever. Like, oh, my gosh. He would literally rip me apart. And then you get him alone and just talk to him. Man, he all the stuff that he's gone through, man, he is just one of the most gentle people ever. And it's weird why people do that, and I'm fascinated by that. But like you said, going back to the team, team aspect of construction, Walker, you know, maybe I mentioned him, Patrick Leonosi, the I mentioned that earlier to somebody today. Yeah, I you, you brought him up before. Yeah, he's just so big about the team. And I spoke about this to somebody today, but the team aspect of your project team as a general contractor or if you're just a sub or if you can do the whole thing. But I think in construction where we need to get to is – I know this is going to be really hard, but the pre-construction phase, we need to figure out who our team is. I know that's going to be virtually impossible. That's one of the yeah. hardest parts is because – everybody's on different jobs and you don't know where this person's going to go. But if we can get to a point where we have this team of guys and gals that work hard and work together well and pick up on each other's strength and weaknesses, that's when we'll start to perform really well. Because Patrick Leonosi talks about how each person needs to play to their strength and know their strength. So there's a lot of different personality tests and team functioning tests that he has, but 
you need to know what you're good at. You need to know what you suck at. And you need to be willing to say, guess what? You take it because I can't do it. And that's the biggest thing right now. And the, 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 the way I can make that make any sense in construction is, you know, this is going to sound idiotic, but basically it's like if you took a painter and made him go do steel erection, he wouldn't know how to plumb up a column and set anchor bolts. And yeah. what, what is this? Is this a cantilever connection or what, what am I doing here? He doesn't know. So it's like taking our team, whoever on the field staff is and project team is, I'm going to go take this guy because I know Davis does well with this. And I'm going to put Walker over here because Davis sucks at this, but Walker is really good at it and they're going to compliment each other. And yeah. that's how it's going to work. No, that's crazy. You know, I, I got the opportunity to meet Simon Sinek once and, and speak to him for like 30 seconds. But one thing that he told to me or he said to me was, don't be afraid to admit that you don't know what you're doing and don't be afraid to ask for help. Sure. And so I think so many people in the world nowadays are it's, honestly, it's more of a pride thing. It, it really is. It's just they don't want to admit that they don't know what they're doing. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm so guilty of that, you know, because it hurts. It, you want to know what everything about what you're passionate about or what you do on a daily basis. And when you don't know right. something, you feel like, you know, you're a failure or, you, or you're not as good at it anymore or something crazy, something that just is, is very, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense because pride doesn't make sense. Right. Right. That's right. It's a, a product of the fall, but right. I mean, I, I think it's, it's crazy how much a team aspect goes into everything in life is, you know, in groups in college, what they harp on is, is group projects and I hate yeah. group projects. Holy cow. It's awful. Yeah. But a team, a, a team atmosphere, a teamwork in a, a company or in a business is a whole lot different than a team atmosphere in a, in a group project, I believe right. I mean, just right. from experience of internships versus yeah. school, you know, right. but going off of, of what your biggest learning curve is, what is your, what, what do you hate the most about, being out there in the field what is your least favorite aspect of it give me a long pause here what do i hate the most you know i am going to answer that question but i really don't and that's going to sound so cliche i don't hate anything but right there, there's something i dislike hates a strong word let's say I, something i dislike somebody dislike the most? I, yeah one of the things i dislike the most is sometimes making it feel like um, how do I say this politely? <laughs> how do I get this subcontractor to swallow his pride and to move on with it? Yeah. That's the hardest thing that I've found. That's the thing I hate the most is human psychology, I guess yes. would be the answer. Yeah. Yes. It's everywhere. It's, that's everywhere. Right. But it's like, you know, construction, let's just be honest. It's dominated by males. It really is. It's dominant, but it's a male profession and males, guess what? They have a hard time with pride. They just do. And I start to see a lot of, and it's everybody. It's not like it's just Davis or if it's just, you know, my superintendent, it's literally everybody on the board. It's like, yeah. why do we have to, why do we have to put our two cents in on everything? Why do I have to have pride over this? Is it really going to harm you to let this guy make this decision? And that goes back to what I was saying earlier with superintendents, like, just let the other dude do it and trust him. It goes down to trust. And I think that's the big thing about Patrick Leonosi too, is trust, man. Like if you can just trust that guy and if he fails or not, guess what? He's learning. Cause guess what? Yeah. You failed. I've failed. Everybody in life is going to fail. Yeah. John Maxwell is you win or you learn, right? That's right. That's right. And I, I the thing you, you made me think of whenever you said Simon Sinek, I'll, I'll, 
the first thing that came to mind is, wow, again, Walker has never met a stranger. Walker will meet someone <laughs> on the side of the road and become their best friend. And I am just amazed by it. But second thing I thought was Simon Sinek makes a good point of don't be afraid to, to, to admit that you don't know. But the, the next thing, if I could caveat that, Simon Sinek, is you better know it the next time because oh, if yeah. you go back to that same guy in construction and you continually, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, they're going to throw you out the window. They don't care about you anymore. They need guys that really want to buy in. If they tell you, you better you better know it the next time. Yeah, like is you know, like don't make the same mistake twice, right? Right, right. Which it's easier said than done, you know. I mean, it is perfect. I've definitely made the same mistake more than twice. <laughs> Me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I do it on the job site, so it's it's you know, I think it just definitely comes down to. I mean, a lot of it, in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with how much do you care, you know, because it and it and for me, let me explain. So for me in school, right, if I'm doing a, a if I'm in a class that I just do not like whatsoever, my performance is typically a reflection of that. Now, right. I have right. a perfectionist personality at times, so I want to do the best I can. Right. I want to make that a but throughout the semester of it, just my level of output or level of uh, what do you call it? performance in that class is definitely reflection a reflection on how much i care about that subject whereas my building science classes right i love that i love my i love most of my finance classes and then my building science classes so my performance in those was a reflection of how much i enjoyed that class and that's been pretty much consistent with all the classes i've taken at college I mean, and I think that just definitely goes down to your job. So if you come in with the attitude of, man, I love what I'm doing, even mm -hmm. some days I might not, but I love what I'm doing. I'm very interested in this. So any information that I get, it might not be the most interesting, inter interesting information. But I'm going to do my very best I can That's to right. absorb this, to learn it and to be able to apply it the next day. And Walker, I mean, let's park here because I love this. You just got me, my brain, my wheels spinning, a little mouse. spinning. Around. Yeah, there you go. Um, one of the things I think of is I keep going back to personality, but you have to know, well, let me back up here. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, my aunt uh, talks about Eagle Center for Leadership, guys, if you've never heard of her. She's the one that taught me about personalities, and I owe uh, a huge amount of any success I have to her. Um, but they've taught me about this matrix of different personalities. I'm not going to get into them, but I can't harp on it enough. Knowing people's personalities, what makes that person tick, and what makes them not. Um, like you said, Walker, you mentioned previously, some guys are good at getting a dog cussing. I'm not. I shut down. I don't listen. I'm not going to. I mean, uh, I'm in, I feel inferior. But if you come to me and say, hey, buddy, you know, you messed up on this. I'm going to help you get there. This is what we got. I'm going for you. I, like, I appreciate it so much more. And going into the personality side is if you know the different types, if there's, say, the, the, the way I learned it, there's four different categories and you, as a leader that's wanting to invest, you have to realize, A, what everybody else's personality is. But you now have to, since you know that, you're going down and you're going to meet them at their level. So for me, you just talked about both of us. We can be perfectionists. We can be perfectionists. And I had to learn this in college, especially when I got into the building science program. Because like you said, the amount of care, the amount of I give a crap factor is how well you're going to do. And to me, that's my OC, OCD side of my personality. Oh, yeah. 
I can just go into the weeds about stuff that doesn't even matter to make it absolutely perfect and completely blow off some of my best friends. And I did that. I had to learn that. I learned that within my first semester of two in the building science program. I have a great friend. His name is Cindy Mims. He's actually a, a woodworker. If you guys check him out, it's Bazale Builder. Um, just a, a great friend. But, man, he just – Awesome, dude. Yes, he just spoke wisdom into me. And, uh, man, just a great guy. I can't speak more about him. But he started to show me, like, hey, D, you, you need to take a step back. It's going to be all right. You're not going to fail if we don't get this perfect. I'm still here. Did you see what you did there? Um, I'm praying for you. I love you. And think about that. And that weird hearing it from another guy. Like I heard that from another guy and was like, wait, what? But, you know, ultimately we know as Christ followers is God has called us to love other people. Yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite verses he showed me was Colossians three twelve, And it talks about the virtues that Christ had. And the thing that binds all of those together is love. And you think about that, man, what? You're a guy telling another guy you love him? Yeah, I am. And there's nothing wrong with that because I generally value Walker Lot. I generally value Sydney Mims. And, yes, I, I do love y'all. Oh, my gosh, it's so taboo. It's weird <laughs> to say. But, I mean, you just have to be willing to just tying all that up. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks about you. You have to be totally secure in yourself. And yeah, really I had to get over that. Like I had to get over, I don't have to be perfect and I can do better as building this project because that's what you started to, started to see in building science was every single project you do is with a team. I wonder why. Well, because you're going to work with people every single day for the rest of your life, unless you're just, I don't know, even Jeff Bezos probably has a team. So yeah, yeah. that's what life is, right? And if you don't make, you don't make time for friends, you won't have any. That's, right, a quote, that's, right. that's a quote from The Chosen. I was like, that that show's so good. Mm -hmm. It's got so many good wisdom in there. So much good wisdom. Yep. Coming out. New one coming out Sunday. Is it coming out Sunday? Mm -hmm. Heck New yeah. Episode. Oh, I love that show. If you if y'all if y'all haven't watched The Chosen yet, get the app from the app store and just start doing a, a marathon watch of it because it is so good. Have some tissues, guys. Woo! <laughs> I'm telling you what, that is for sure. Jeez, it'll make you it, it'll make you tear up in like every single episode. Yeah. Oh, but no. anyway, man, we'll get off that off that soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, Davis, I mean, we're coming to the end of it, like we do every show. So I'm interested to hear your opinion mm. on this or your answer. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah, you're only four years removed from it, but right. knowing what you know now from your 20 year old self, or going back to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give? Okay, so four years ago, uh, wow. I probably was just getting into building science and I was just learning about personalities, just learning about um, how to turn that switch on and off, how to really get my willingness together for a team. And I, I can't stress that enough. It's also the time I started to suddenly follow God again and actually pursue him and want to get up and read about him and want to spend time with him. And so while things started to work, I think there's obviously for me as a Christ follower, I think there's a reason to that, but to go back to my 20 year old self and tell him kind of what Daniel Kemack said is, you know, you've, you've been through a lot. You've gone through a lot. It's okay. But I want you to focus on, 
being the best person you can be towards others. And it's, really you know, I, I, I tend being now on that OCD personality again, I tend to have not terrible thoughts, but you know, Alex Willis talked about this was like out of the 70,000 thoughts a day, we have 56,000 negative thoughts. Yeah. That's crazy. I, Probably in that time, I had so I, I probably I would say seventy thousand. I mean, obviously not, but I was just a negative person, and I had to learn just like, no, not the power of positivity, but I needed to learn how to be even kill and not be so negative about everything that came across. I, you know, I had a I had multiple friends that um, didn't have to study as hard. They didn't have to, to pay for school. Their parents were helping them out. And I hold a crutch against that because I'm going to have to go uh, study my butt off till, you know, midnight tonight. I'm going to have to wake up and take this test tomorrow. Then all day I'm going to go be picking up trash at a construction site. And it's, it's hard to not get out of that. And so I would tell myself is, uh, Davis, take a, take a break. Calm down a little bit. Everything's going to be okay because you have a, a team around you. You have people that love you. You have people that care for you. and you know, as long as you treat people right, the next step, every single step, you treat people the right way, you're going to do just fine. You're going to make it across that finish line and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, really good. That's awesome. Fantastic into it. And it's it's been cool to see just kind of how, you know, I think both of us have definitely developed over this podcast, but also how I think honestly, a lot of our answers to that question have changed in the course of, of 16 or 17 episodes. Right. Yeah. And, and by it, December, it'll probably change again. It'll probably you change know. again. Yeah. That's no, I, I really like that. But Davis, man, I'll let you go. I know you got a big old trip coming up. Everyone wish him luck on his and safety on his flight flying in this time. It's never fun. It's like so strict. But <laughs> you get to fly up the little South Carolina action, right? Yep. You get to go to South Carolina this weekend. I'm getting to uh, get to see two of my best friends get married. There you go. And I'm, I'm a, you know, just elated, excited, ready to go see them, ready to spend time with them. Man, I'm just uh, really looking forward to this weekend. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be a ton of fun, man. Have fun. Enjoy it. Uh, and safe travels, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for letting me on your podcast, Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on it, man. Thanks for joining us for the Laying Foundations podcast. I'm your co-host, Walker Lott, here with my co-host, Davis Hambrick. We really appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we look forward to many more episodes we have planned for you. Look for us every Monday. We have an episode coming out. We're also working very diligently to get our social media accounts as well as our webpage up so you can learn a little bit more about us and follow us as we go along this journey.